Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down, as always, with co-host Keith Myers. Welcome into the show, Keith. Yeah, I've got a fun show this um, for today. We're going to kind of look at, like, yesterday was super positive. We did all of the, um, you know, awards for midseason. And today we're going to kind of look at the other end of the spectrum. We're going to look at uh, guys that need to step up, areas that need to improve as this team, you know, goes down the stretch towards playoff spot. Yeah, in a constructive criticism type mode. I mean, we're not going to just yeah. rank on guys. In fact, uh, as I was putting together this list today, uh, prepping for the show, uh, I was kind of amazed at how difficult it was to kind of critique things, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I thought um, that was the most challenging aspect of this exercise and really don't have a whole lot now when it comes to the offense it's more of a nitpicking situation if you will and then on the defensive side there's a couple of things but most of it is the same um yeah. especially after the last four weeks not counting the last game we kind of fell off a little bit on the defensive side but overall it's improved so did you it, see the dk metcalf tweets about the field yeah, and, and among others, you know, Bruce Irvin also commented. That's true. Um, and so, yeah, it's not a good look for the NFL. Um, I'm sure that the, you know, Tampa won, so you're not hearing a lot out of their camp, but I'm sure that they feel the same way. Um, they, you know, all things being equal, though, Tampa showed up and, and was able to kind of overcome those challenges. I thought the most, yeah. the pl player with the largest challenge to me was, um, Ken Walker uh, just really couldn't get his his feet in this game. Didn't really push piles forward. Had a few slips where he, um, you know, fell down early and and so forth. So I don't know. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Other than withhold your games from Europe, um, you know. And it's funny because I mentioned this comment to another person before the game. I think it was Saturday night where I said, "I wonder what the field's gonna be like." um because i know that it was going to be natural grass but i just didn't know what condition it would be in based on current level of play over there on those fields i didn't know exactly where they were at in their seasons and so forth i know that it rained earlier it in the week decent. i expected it to be decent because byron munich plays there and that's a um you know uh, a bundesliga team it's the highest level of, of mm -hmm. german soccer and they're one of the better teams um and yeah they they play and I know they're on break right now because everyone is uh they're sending players to World Cup teams and all of that uh but they were playing a couple of weeks ago there's there's no reason for this field to be in you know rough shape and it clearly was I mean the the grass was coming up the players needed longer cleats they had to go through and and take their cleats out and 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 screw in some some longer ones which I think they should have done pregame but you know that's just me 
All right. Um, one other bit of news in Seahawk land. Trey Brown, cornerback Trey Brown, was activated off the uh, IR list today to join the club. He'd spent the previous three weeks uh, um, cleared to practice, uh, and this was the last day. Yeah, tomorrow is the last day, I think, that he could have been activated onto the active roster or placed on IR for the remainder of the year. He was activated. Uh, Seahawks didn't need to make a corresponding move. They had another player that went on injured reserve last uh, last week, Gillespie. Um, so Trey Brown's on the roster, Keith. Makes that cornerback room just that much more interesting. It does, and it makes it better. Yeah. I mean, Trey Brown came out as a rookie. took him a while to get on the field, um, and when he did, he looked good. He looked great. Um, I know they've, they've, they've slow played getting him back because they – haven't needed him and they haven't had um you know the the roster spot just readily made for him and also i don't think they're going to have him play special teams right away while he gets that you know knee back a little bit but he makes that that it makes it hard because right now you've got a guy like Artie burns who's a veteran who played well in camp and was was the presumed starter before he got hurt sitting there and not playing um now you add another player to the mix who who's sitting so that Trey Brown can play. Right. Uh, that's that's a hard question. Maybe Michael Jackson will, will take some more plays off or maybe they'll try and work in some more four-corner um, sets and, and go with less with th- three safeties and, and let, um, you know, Jones have fewer snaps. But overall, yeah. it's hard. It's a good problem to have when you have that many talented players just trying to get them on the field. You know, he is an outside corner um but i wouldn't mind seeing him uh in some slot um time in in this defense kobe bryant to me after reviewing today's stats and so forth seems to be the weakest link uh in that defense now he's a great tackler but his coverage grade is is really not great and and i'll get into the details later but um trey bound probably needs some time to work into the defense mm-hmm. so i would imagine his snap count is going to be something like five to seven snaps in the first game 10 to 12 in the second game and so on and so forth and we'll see if he integrates or if he earns that extra time um depending on what happens down the stretch first game up yeah. las vegas raiders Derek so, Carr okay. and company. <clears throat> actually let's go ahead and start there because you've got um one of the things that i think this team needs to improve right, we're talking about areas of improve, is getting off the field on third down. They're, they're giving up some of those weird, long third and tens. They're giving up too many of them. And I know that's kind of a Pete Carroll thing because they play a little softer, come up, make the tackle, and if somebody misses a tackle or whatnot, then they get the team gets the first down. But, you know, it's also, you know, one of the problems with if, if your slot corners or your linebackers, your safeties aren't covering well, those tend to get converted into, into first downs. Yes. Um, and you're saying that statistically it looks like Kobe Bryant's the uh, the weakest link? Yeah. So when I went and, and did some work on on that, he was one of the players that I said needed to step up on the, on the defensive side of the ball um, because his coverage grade, let me see if I can find the notes on him. I don't know where they went. But anyway, on the third down conversion rate percentage that you were talking about, the Seahawks are at 44.5% conversion allowed. Uh, mm-hmm. That ranks 20, uh, 28th in the NFL. 
They Same. also in the red zone is one of my um, one of my other areas of improvement. Currently allowing a sixty three or sixty one point three TD conversion rate, which ranks twenty third. That kind of goes hand in hand as well. If you're going to allow teams to march down the field, get in your red zone, um, and and you're allowing that sort of conversion rate, it's hard to get off the field, and you're giving up too many points. And right mm-hmm. now, the Seahawks are still giving up points. Um, it's been better in the last four weeks, um, but it hasn't been ideal. And I can't give them a complete pass on that. They've they've gotten a lot better, but they're still in these key areas need some improvement. Yeah, and I'll try to find that that Kobe Bryant thing. Oh, here we go. Nickel coverage was one of the things that I wrote down. Kobe Bryant's allowing thirty has allowed thirty seven of fifty targets, fifth fifth worst percentage uh, in the NFL with a coverage grade of fifty three point three and a passer rating allowed of one hundred eleven point three. So fifty three point three is average. That, yeah, yes, but it is the worst is on the team. True, but it, it it means he's league average. Um, and Correct. Which, which to me, says that we could probably stand to improve that spot a little bit, considering yep. the the other areas that we have now. Believe it or not, uh, Quandre Diggs is 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 close to that this year as well, um, which which makes that back end susceptible. And he's, you know, one thing about Quandre Diggs too is he's not. Uh, they're not generating as many interceptions as they have, minus Tariq Woolen. If you take Tariq Woolen out of the equation at five interceptions. The team only has two interceptions so far this year, Keith. Yeah, there's only two others other than um, other than Woolen. Yeah, it, it is um, it is interesting. I, Diggs did not play well the first few games. He was he really struggled, and he's played better uh, during the stretch of games where the defense has been better. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with you know Ryan Neal and him trusting Ryan Neal, um, where I don't think he trusted Josh Jones, but. It can't just be explained by that because he was missing tackles and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I don't came know what off of, it was. He's come off of a very major um, injury to his leg last year, and um, you got to trust that. And mm-hmm. he had, he had admitted in an interview in a press conference earlier uh, after the first couple of games that he was still kind of uh, he, he used the word trust. Got to trust. I've got to be able to trust my leg, and um, I think that's a that's a thing that. By now, you'd think that if there wasn't any issues, he would have overcome that. It wouldn't wouldn't be a problem uh, week mm-hmm. in week out. But if he if there's a little pain there, if there's a little nagging, if they need to clean up the knee a little bit, maybe you'll read about it in the off season. Um, then it's going to affect his ability to cut sharply, to break on balls, um, and and his willingness to kind of put his head in there. And so, and I'm I'm seeing a little bit of all of that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, this, the team doesn't have the depth to, you know, do anything about it. And uh, if this was an off, if this was an off season areas to improve, uh, safety is, is one of my concerns because I think mm-hmm. that, uh, Jamal Adams is probably done in Seattle and, you know, Ryan Neal has been great, but I think like you, they need more than just those two guys because, uh, Jones looked great in camp and preseason and then fell on his face once the game started counting um they can't afford to have digs not be good i will uh, i'd be shocked uh this offseason if either in free agency or out of the draft we don't pick up a really nice quality free safety Mm -hmm. um this defense needs it 
um, you've got to have either a primary guy that's that's really knocking out of the park or a really nice tandem that you can use for two high safety looks and so forth. And they just don't have that. I mean, I think Josh Jones is the listed backup free safety on this defense. Um, and he's he's facing challenges as well as uh, Joey Blount. Joey Blount's in there as a as a free safety as well, but he hasn't earned any snaps. So No, he's a special teams guy. So far. A really good special teams guy. Yeah. He's a special teams guy. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, I don't know what they do uh, as, with that. I just know that, like, there's no – there's no fixing that other than guys playing better. And I think Quandre Diggs can play better because he has been better in the past. And it's just a matter of he needs to get comfortable, trust that leg, trust the, his teammates, and and just play a little better. Yeah. I also love I mean, to see him catch the ball because he's had a couple of picks, hit him in the hands, and he dropped them. Yeah. Well, that's right. And so this show, part of this show is kind of calling out players who needs to step up um down the stretch we got seven games to go we're in the playoff hunt we're in first place in our division if we want to get to the playoffs we need to play at least as good as we've been playing but if we want to do anything once we get there we're going to need guys to step up and elevate their level of play and one of the guys that you would point to is Quandre Diggs not only because he's a great player but he's a leader on this mm-hmm. team absolutely and so you got to call on a guy like Quandre to come in now he's got 46 tackles He's got one forced fumble, but zero interceptions. I think last year he had five. And mm-hmm. so you want a guy like that to be able to, to break on the ball, make plays. That's why he's back there. And um, if he's got good corners, which he does now, better corners than last year, he should have a little bit more freedom to, to make plays on the ball. And I'd like to see that. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have Tariq Woolen or anyone close to that level of play. Um in the back there so he yeah. should be able to you know trust Wollen on one side roll coverage yeah. towards the other or come up and make well plays and mike, he needs to mike jackson's not bad in coverage and he's one of the best tacklers on the team absolutely you know and so Diggs got to be able to trust that um all right what is another area of improvement that you'd like to see let's stick stick on the defensive side keith um so the other the next person that kind of came to mind or if there's a replacement possible is, you know, the Cody Barton spot. Um, Barton played more in this last game because they, you know, Tampa was running the ball a lot. So they, they went away from their multiple defensive back looks and brought Barton in and yet they still got ran over. And um, he just seems to be a step late. He misses a, he'll miss a tackle here or there um, in each game. And, his strength is supposed to be in coverage and he's been okay. He's been, you know, good in coverage against the run. He just, he's just not it. Mm-hmm. And, um, the team got better as he played less. Yeah. Um, and now I think they need more from that spot. People are going to look at what Tampa did and go, okay, so if we want to, there's a way to run on Seattle and, we've got to have that second line middle linebacker be able to make plays. It can't be all on, on Jordan Brooks. And that's, it's a tall order. Is there anyone else on the roster who could come in and take that spot? And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. 
your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, currently, the backup is Nick Ballore. So, no, there is not. So, Tanner Muse. Here's, and here's, again, no. Here's the deal. So a couple of things on Cody Barton in this last game, Cody Barton stepped up, played a lot more snaps. I think he played like 60 snaps out of 72 on the mm -hmm. defense. Uh, he had been playing in the, in the 30 to 40 snap range. Uh, the other thing is, is that the team decided to uh, bring Miles Adams onto the roster and activate him for this game and sit Brian Monet, uh, a healthy scratch. And Brian Monet is a much better run defender. Uh, Tampa was the worst running team in the NFL coming into this game, but they ran 165 yards against our defense. Um, and, and, ex and that is part of the exposure issue with a guy like Cody Barton, you know, Cody's mm -hmm. asked to make a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage. And one of my big pet peeves in this defense is the missed tackles. Seattle has missed 30 tackles and has the third worst tackling grade in the NFL. According to Pro that, doesn't Focus. that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, and there, there so, have been a lot of missed tackles by right by a lot of them by Barton Diggs, yeah, um, and, Josh Jones, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh, uh, Jordan Brooks in this conversation. Okay, and I know that you know he's been playing well, leads the NFL in combined tackles at 104, 74 solo. But he's only got one tackle for loss. No pressures, no sacks, no nothing close to the line of scrimmage. Um, and and to me, that's a problem. Yeah, a lot and, of these tackles are coming are coming five six yards out beyond the line of scrimmage. No, there's he no question. His athleticism, his getting his, up into the hole and making yes. the play. You know, after right. a one yard gain. And um, to me, that also points to the idea that maybe our uh, defending the run nose tackles could use an upgrade in the offseason because yeah. we're just not getting it done. You know, mm -hmm. we have been in the last couple of weeks, but those teams, you know, we have, haven't been run heavy teams. They've, they've thrown a lot of passes. Um, and so I don't know what the answer is, but I need Jordan Brooks to step up. I need Jordan Brooks to start making some tackles for loss. Yeah. I need him to generate some turnovers. Um, he's a great tackler most of the time. He's been out of position a couple times. I've seen him juked a few times. That's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Cody Barton, you know, he wasn't on my list. And the reason for that was I've kind of given up on Cody Barton to be completely See, honest. And that, but then, then you just, then you have a, you have a spot on the, on your de defense that you have what? No expectation it's for It's the weakest link. There's no question. What do they do? There's you no one. Sub, you have to play a safety. 
you have yeah. to play dime coverage and and bring a, a second safety up to the line of scrimmage yeah. in in order to take care of those things. But that that extra safety is Josh Jones who can't tackle. Yeah, he throws his body out and doesn't wrap up. Yeah, and yeah. and misses, and he has a lot of missed tackles. Yeah. So um, if there were if there were issues coming into this season with general manager John Schneider, those two areas would be the areas I would point to that didn't get solved. Uh, Cody Barton's spot at the second middle linebacker spot, as well as a an upgrade at, at the safety position. Um, I knew that Adams wasn't going to make it through this season. It's just one of those things, you know, he's, he's, he tries hard. I'm not going to tear Jamal Adams down for being hurt because those things just happen, but the team wasn't prepared for when it would happen. And well, they thought they that's, had that's hard. with, with I the mean, Josh, the Josh Ryan Jones Neal's, signing. Ryan Neal's there, but yeah. you know, nonetheless, nonetheless, they, they, we're, that's our weakest, one of our weakest spots right now. Yeah, and, and it is. It's a weak spot, and it's a weak spot because Adams got hurt. And he got he's done for the year during the first quarter of the first game, and that hurts. Um, yes. The idea that he w- wouldn't stay healthy all season that that's a kind of a given, given his play style and and that kind of stuff. But you expect him to give you you know six eight games early, then he gets hurt, misses a couple of weeks, comes back, plays a few more weeks, then maybe gets hurt again. You know you don't expect to get him for a quarter of one game and that's that's nothing and they did bring in Josh Jones who was a former second round pick a guy with athleticism and and that kind of stuff and he just decided he didn't want to tackle um and after looking good in the preseason he fell on his face once the season started luckily Ryan Neal has been there to kind of bail him out um but the team was you know when you're three deep at strong safety and your third string ends up playing as well as Ryan Neal has. I'm I'm not gonna hurt like throw on um on uh John Snyder that much, but given his I mean he was three deep at strong safety. Um with 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 you know starter caliber guys he thought. Um and so you know Jones didn't it work does out. Happen. Adams does, got hurt it, early. It it does happen. It does happen. So the last thing on the defense, and we'll just finish up with the defense, we'll go to the offense. The last thing with the defense for me was creating pressures and sacks outside of Nuwasu. Um, Nuwasu's got seven sacks. He's got a ton of pressures, like 30 pressures on the year. Um, and then there's Jefferson at three sacks, Taylor at three sacks, and anybody else is, is less than, than uh, two or less. Yeah, and Taylor's so, been interesting in that. When he gets pressure, he seems to get home and and get the sack. But he is not getting pressure. Yeah, very so often. far he's got fourteen tackles, three tackles for loss, four quarterback hits, and three sacks. Yeah, and 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 really no pressures. Yeah, you know? he it's, last year his um his pressure percentage was really high. Now he wasn't getting double teamed, uh, and that's because, why we were so high on him coming into the season. Yeah, his his pressure percentage was really high, and I know this year with the conversion from end to linebacker, and they they spent all training camp and everything trying to work on his run defense and coverage and his ability to do a three four outside linebacker things, but a lot of those responsibilities have been taken away, uh, given to Boye Mafe, given to Bruce Irvin, and 
his responsibility now is to get after the quarterback and he needs to step up and be better at getting after the quarterback. Yeah. I think that, that our ability to create pressure and sacks when it comes to the playoffs is three times as important as it is in the regular season, because that's oh, yeah. when you're going to stop good quarterbacks, good offenses, uh, taking the ball away, flipping the field, giving our offense more opportunities. It's guys like Daryl Taylor that make that happen. And we don't have anybody else. Jordan Brooks, with all his speed and athleticism, isn't being asked to get after the quarterback. Jamal Adams isn't blitzing from the safety position anymore. We don't have any other safety that's really getting after it. Now, uh, Ryan Neal had had a sack. um, Which which is weird because he's he's so good in coverage against tight ends and running backs that you want him you want him in coverage yes right i mean like when you're blitzing jamal adams it's one because he's good at it and he's super fast and athletic and all of that but the other part is he's not great in coverage <laughs> right so you're not sure. losing much on the back end if you're blitzing, blitzing adams um ryan neal's kind of the opposite like he is great in coverage so why you know you don't really want to blitz him more than you have to because you want him back there right you know, and that's the thing with, for me, if you're going to take Cody Barton off the field and you're going to have Ryan Neal on the field more, uh, as well, well Ryan as a, a different, I, it would be I know Josh that. Jones who'd be the, the and, one and more. Josh Jones. But what I'm saying is Josh Jones can, can come over and handle some of that coverage stuff. And you could send Neal more often in a, yeah. some exotic packages and so forth. I would look for that actually in the remaining games. Uh, so they can see if they can get a combination that works, maybe something like that gives Daryl Taylor a free shot um mm-hmm. and i'm just saying they've they've got to work on that nuasu is basically taking this thing on by himself and he needs a little bit of help he could even be more effective yeah i mean you um i would like to see them given you know ryan neal's coverage ability i'd love to see them you know bring kobe bryant off the corner just you know because you cor- corner joy joy blunt stuff. yeah like joy blunt too um just you know bring a guy in you know be be more creative get jordan brooks involved um blitzing up the middle knowing that you've got guys that can yeah um that can cover behind you and that's one of the things that 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 ryan neal has added to this defense is the ability to um just be good in coverage from the strong safety position i mean you look look what um zach Ertz did in this last game against arizona yeah, he had five receptions, but for very few yards. Um, and it really, really was shut down. And that's 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 Ryan Neal. He did out he just played great in that game and it showed. By the way, Zach Ernst just went out for the season uh I on the IR that. with an injury. So that sucks for him. <laughs> Cooper Cup right. just went on on yeah, injured reserve that, as well. That has implications. That has implications. Seahawks game. <clears throat> yeah. Um it also has implications for the Rams because they really have one receiver right now, and that's Cooper Cup. And without I think him, they were done. They they're done. Yeah, they're done. They really are. Uh, I wonder, like, at what point do they, you know, put um, a guy like Aaron Donald in bubble wrap and save him for <laughs> next year? And yeah, right, right. Okay, let's go to the offense. Um, then the offense is going to be hard. Actually, it's, <laughs> because, it wasn't that hard for me. Oh, come on now. No, I mean, it wasn't because the interior of the offensive line has been well, that it hasn't been great. There's a few, there's a few things. There's a few things, but the offense I love is second what our, in points scored right now in yeah. the NFL. We're, we're moving the ball. We're efficient. 
we're yep. making things happen. But yes, there I are areas the, that we'd love. To I love what the rookie tackles are doing. They're doing great. Uh, Damian Lewis has been up and down this year. Some games he's been really good. Other games highest he's been grade really offensive bad. player on offense in Germany. Damian Lewis. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but Gabe Jackson was brought over from uh, mm-hmm. the Raiders to be an anchor uh, on this offensive line to really improve what had been a terrible unit. And he did last year. He was the best offensive lineman on the team. He has not played well for most of this year. He's getting outplayed um, by Haynes. Uh, yeah. And honestly, well, that's not surprising to me. Yeah, honestly, with with um, with with that, they're like pl- they're like splitting time. It's almost worth it to get just have Haynes in there more. I get, I, I agree. You're trying, you're trying to get you know you're trying to um, you know Jackson's the starter, and so you're trying to keep him engaged and all of that um, because he's the veteran, and you don't want him to just completely turn everything off because he gets benched. But he's he's being outplayed. So this this time sharing thing has been fine. Just start pushing it more and more into the Phil Haynes direction. I think that could help. And they're not get you know the center position. It is what it is. There's no backup. I mean Fuller is awful, and um, Austin Blythe is good at the communication line call. You mm-hmm. know the the mental part of being a center, which is the Agreed. hardest part of being a center. But he isn't physical and he gets pushed around a little bit he's not a great blocker um and that's what holds him back but there's no one behind him and so just overall those three guys in the middle um they just need to get better uh just play better play you know uh damian lewis we saw as when his rookie year he has the potential to be outstanding mm-hmm. he, he hasn't really been outstanding He's been really good at times. He's also been really bad at times. I want him to get, I want him to go back to outstanding and I want him to be on his off days to be average to good because he can be that. We've seen that from him. He just needs to find whatever it was that was working for him with his rookie year. And if he does that, you know, that makes Blythe better next to him. It makes life easier on your center and get hands in there more on the other side. We might have a competent uh, interior of the offensive line uh, to go along with the two tackles that are just playing out of their minds. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jake Kerhan's been a healthy scratch as well um, for several weeks in a row. And I don't, I don't, I, I get it, but at the same time, it's difficult because we could use him. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things that's really, really important, a pillar for Pete, uh, Pete Carroll, is the run game getting that run game going and so forth austin blythe just doesn't cut it in the middle there uh you'd mentioned yeah, but who uh, him. are you gonna play there well I, well austin blythe is gonna stay there but what i'm saying is austin blythe has a 55.3 run blocking grade you add that to the fact that gabe jackson's got a 49 uh mm-hmm. grade on the other side um and then lewis is is kind of a league average if you will and so all of that combined, even though our tackles are outperforming expectations, you've still you're only as good as your weakest link sometimes. And yeah. we saw that stuffed up run game that we had just by having some really good tackles that, that Tampa had on the other side. 
um, be able to kind of eat space um, and create a push against our offensive line. And our offensive line wasn't wasn't getting a push. Our offensive line yeah. wasn't able to get out into the second level um, against Tampa, and so we weren't able to run at all. Yeah, when they when when Jake Curran came in at right tackle um, a few weeks ago and, uh, because of injury and and whatnot, he's he struggled the first couple series, uh, but once he kind of got into the swing of things, the team really ran the ball well to yeah. the right. Because yeah. he's a road grader. I like the idea of uh, Jake Curran being the long-term right guard. I, I, I do. I, I think that he would be great there. And then what do you do with Phil Haynes? I mean, Phil Haynes has been What the do you best. do with Damian Lewis? you move him over to center? I think one of those two guys, because both of those guys have taken snaps at center. Um, you or, know, draft, it, or draft to center. Yeah. I mean, either of those guys could become your center. Like, uh Phil Haynes has been kind of was kind of the backup center during camp when they didn't really have one because of injuries and whatnot. Um, Damian Lewis actually played an NFL game at center his rookie year because everyone was hurt and they just called on him to move over and do it. And he did it. Uh, Pick a guy, make one of them your long-term center. The idea and and what you want to do and what we've always been told with the Seahawks is you want to put your best five guys out there and Mm -hmm. you just figure that out. And yeah, it's it. I think that we do have the best five guys, but it's close on a couple of players there, and, so th- and those that players the, that are close are are just middling, you yeah. know. And so it it is kind of a hard situation. I mean, it it comes down with with Blythe, like your your best five guys. Well, your best best is is depending on how you judge it, right? Uh, in terms of ability, physical ability as a blocker, nah, they don't have their best five guys out there but what he brings to the mental part of being a center, which is more valuable than, than, um, than I think most people realize I that agree. part, that part's really good and it's important. And especially so, with two rookie tackles. Yeah. So how do you, how do you gauge who your best five are when, with, with something like that? Well, I, I think would, the obvious answer is the Seahawks have, and he's out there and he's out there. And I think that, if, but if you were looking at, at as far as just physical skills and the and blocking, your best five would be the two tackles, um, Lewis Haynes and Curran, uh, as your your best five, and that would include no Gabe Jackson and no uh, Austin Blythe. So, but two yeah. of those guys are getting a lot of snaps. All right. Um, I, you know, funny enough, I had it the same way that you had it, uh, interior run and pass blocking, uh, was my number one issue. Uh, and those players were my two players that I wanted to step up and, mm-hmm. and play better, uh, from that situation. The other one I had was a consistent run, uh, rushing attack. It kind of goes hand in hand with that issue. And yep. with that, find a second option right now. Uh, it's all Ken Walker, like mm-hmm. all of it. Dallas has 13 attempts on the season for 65 yards. Homer has seven attempts for 35 yards. And then before that, it was Penny, and then it was Walker. And nobody else is really contributing to that. And it's nope. nice down the stretch to be able to have a one-two punch, not just depend on Walker the entire time. Injuries happen in the NFL. You can get banged up for you know in, in, in the first half and not be able to return. Uh, in the second half, for some reason, and I'm I have no faith at all in our run game if he's gone. Yeah, if you look at 
if you're a defensive coordinator and you're planning for this and you 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 see Ken Walker go off the field, you know, just as part of the rotation. He just ripped off a big run um, and now he goes off the field. And uh, right now it's Travis Homer. I'm going to dial up a blitz. You're they're going to. Well, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm and I'm getting the Geno Smith. Yeah, that's the thing is you 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 know, it's going to be a pass. If it's a run, who cares? He's not beating. He's not he's not beating you. He's not housing a ball. Um, you are expecting pass if Walker's not in there. If Walker's in there, you know, it can be run, it can be passed. He's actually, you know, pretty good out of the backfield. Right. It, he's a complete player. But as soon as he heads to the sideline, you know Geno Smith is throwing. Or so you, or they're doing a jet sweep or some other weird contraption play or whatever. Yeah. And so yeah, you yeah. you aren't you you know what's coming, right? It's it just makes it easier. They need uh, either DJ Dallas to step up and be the guy that um, his college tape kind of suggested he could be, or I don't know. There, it's there's funny, still Keith, a lot of I, options. I wrote this down and I immediately went out and looked at the free agency market to see if I could scour up a, a, a veteran running back or some other running back that we could bring on, you know, the practice squad initially and then see if we, you know, would help us at all. And there's just nothing out there. There's no, there never nothing is. out there. The only thing that was intriguing to me was the Abram Smith guy that um, had a great senior bowl this last year, uh, was uh, not drafted, you know, ran around some practice squads for a while, is currently out there. Uh, we brought him in, in fact, for a workout a couple weeks ago. And, um, and, and, we, sign and we, we signed Godwin Igbuahi, Igbuahi mm-hmm. uh, instead. And so that, that would be interesting. But yeah, there's not there's no options you know especially a run between the tackle option dallas is it and for whatever reason team doesn't have faith in him to be able to do well i mean he he's a special teams guy he's got some you know limitations as far as do we need dallas to step up then i i would like to but he's not being given opportunities right now it's hard to step up when you're not on the field uh because travis homer is the guy he's the third down back he's the He's the the guy, and and but when he comes in, he offers you very little in, as a running back. Yeah, he's now Homer's done a great job receiving the ball. I will. He's been a that. great job receiving the ball, and he's better than people think at pass blocking. His ability, I mean, which is very important. Yeah, it very is, important. and and he may not just completely stonewall a guy who blitzes up the middle, but he gets in the way. He makes that he reads it right. He makes the play, and he gives. Geno Smith that extra second to get the ball out. And that's all you can ask. And I mean, that's the type of thing that matters, but he doesn't run the ball well. And if you don't run the ball well, the opposing team knows what's coming and they change their play call. So, yeah, I would love to see Dallas step up, be better, play better, um, get an opportunity to run four or five times a game just to spell walker and actually be productive with that but so far it it hasn't shown up and it showed up in the preseason it kind of a little bit here and there but it just hasn't materialized and once homer came back from injury he hasn't seen the field so yeah it's it's hard another issue for me is the utilization of the third wide receiver option um now granted We've had improved play from all, our, all of our tight ends this year. Utilization is up across the board. 
Um, and I'd like to see that continue for sure. Uh, but I would like to see more of Marquis Goodwin. And I would like to see the team figure out a way to get D. Eskridge in space and, and utilize his skill set, which we just have not seen at all, which is confounding to me, given the way that we looked at him on draft tape and so forth. It's always hurt. It's just crazy. He's got seven receptions for 58 yards and 8.3 average, which yeah. is for him is is not good at all. It's Nuts. it's like, are they going to cut him next spring? Is is my fear. Um, I mean, so, they, yeah, they but Marquis second Goodwin. round pick. They put a second round pick on D. Eskridge, and they've gotten nothing from that investment. And especially, I mean, I know we, we keep coming back to the same point, but there was your starting center for the next decade sitting there, and you chose to go with D. Eskridge instead and that has not turned out in any way and he needs to step up and play he needs to start Big making time. an impact i love that goodwin is doing that he is getting involved he is scoring touchdowns but the team would would greatly prefer that it was d eskridge doing those long things. term absolutely good. he's much much younger much much cheaper player um and honestly he's got a ton of physical talent he's just not doing anything with it right now all right um player wise just to step up a little bit i actually put uh noah fant and kobe parkinson now they're fine players and they're doing a great job Noah fans 30 receptions 306 yards a touchdown kobe parkinson surprising this year which is great 13 receptions 172 yards three touchdowns my point is we're trying to be um, not just a good team we're trying to be a great team we're trying to get into the playoffs and maybe win a game or two once we get there and if we do that we need players like Noah Fant and Kobe Parkinson to, to even take another level step Noah Fant in particular I would like to see Noah um, do more have more opportunities uh, utilize isn't his skill third set. on the isn't he third on the team in receptions 30 receptions yeah so he, you know yeah. I'm saying he's third yes. overall he is third overall if you discount uh, receivers out of the backfield. Let me see. No, Lockett's yeah, got 54. Yeah, Metcalf yes. has 48. Yeah. Noah Fan has 30. He's third on yes. the team in receptions. Correct. Um, right, but that doesn't that doesn't exclude him from me wanting him to step up even more because I think that he can. Here's a player that has had 75 receptions in a season before. He's on pace for less than you know 50. And I'd like to see that increase a little bit. It's on pace for 50. He's got four. seven games left to catch 20 balls to be at 50. Yeah. Um, so you look at, at that. I mean, you and I both heaped praise on Will Disney um, yesterday uh, or on our last show. And that was for 26 receptions, 258 mm -hmm. yards. Yeah. So do you think the expectations were higher on Disney before the season or Noah Fant? I think they were high on both of them, um, but probably right more on, on Noah Fant. And, and Noah Fant, he's got more receptions and stuff. I think part of it is you look at at the way that the, the tight end receptions have been spread out. Mm -hmm. All three guys are in the top six. Yeah, which is great news, actually. Yeah, and especially given that the Seahawks could not get a tight end involved with Russell Wilson. Um, and now you got three guys so in your true. top six in receptions. Um, and so I, I would like to see all three of those guys, you know, be better, but at the same time, I don't think any one of them is playing bad. They're all three been good. Um, uh, Kobe Parkinson, no, no offense uh, really stepped up. 
yeah, Kobe Parkinson's um, only got 13 receptions, but he gets the least the least playing time of the three. Um, the cool thing about Parkinson, he's only been targeted 14 times. So he's yeah. got 13 receptions and 14 targets. He's making as much as he can out of everything he gets. Yep. And um, Will Disley had three touchdowns. He just, he's a guy that's just making plays. And I know that Noah fan has more catches, but it just feels like when Disley is involved, good things are happening for um, Seattle's offense because he's kept getting catches on third down that, that move the sticks and, and that kind of stuff. Disley's, and he's also the best blocker of the three. I mean, and that sh- that matters for a tight end. It absolutely matters. It may not still up on, show up on a stat sheet, but if you're a tight end, half of your job is blocking. And Will Disley's the best blocker of the three. So uh, I like what I'm seeing from the tight end group overall. I think this is the best tight end group Seattle's had. Period. Ever. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say that. And then I'm like, wait. has a heck of a lot of potential. I, I'm like, wait, do I want to go back through the list? And I'm like, actually it is because it's three deep they've never been three deep at, and at and end. they're they they just make plays they got they got two big play receivers in this group that have an opportunity to really kind of extend the, the field so the last thing i wanted to talk about the last player on my list that i wanted to see step up is actually geno smith um how are you and expecting I, him to play better i say that with 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 a big caveat I think Geno Smith's playing out of his mind. He's he he's terrific in almost every aspect, almost every aspect. The only thing that I could see him play better at, well, two things, is getting better in the red zone. Currently, yeah. they have only converted 15 of 31 red zone opportunities into touchdowns. That's a 48.4 uh, percentage not, that ranks 26th in the NFL. Uh, their third down conversions could could use some help as well, but they're way better than they have been in the last three or four years. So I'm going to give them a break on that. But Gino uh, can get better in the red zone, converting to touchdowns. I'd like to see that. And then I'd I'd really like to see the thing that we've talked about many, many, many times is to have him lead a, a game winning situation. Um, maybe even a couple of them this last down the stretch. And and I don't necessarily want the Seahawks to be in those situations, but when they are. And he has the opportunity. I need him. I want him to convert. I want him to. I think that that takes the team from being very competent to being a little extra. And teams fear uh, teams that have quarterbacks that can uh, lead a team at the end. And it just gives us that little X factor going into the playoffs that I think I'd like to see. Yeah, uh, I would like to see him get better on in the red zone and on third down. Um, but I have a hard time asking more of Geno Smith right now because he is doing He's the everything. one player, though, I'm comfortable asking more of because I actually believe that he can give it to you. He's shown me enough know. this year he's where I... You all, he's already giving you so much. He, he is. has been the engine of that I'm getting greedy, offense. though, now, Keith, because here now, we now are. You're getting, We're six now and you're four. Greedy. We're now you're I'm asking smelling for playoffs. <laughs> I'm smelling playoffs. And... and in a weak NFC conference, I think the Seahawks can actually take a couple of games. And so Ooh. I'd like a first, I'd like to see if we can win this division. I'd like to see if we can have a home game. And I want Gino to be able to do these things because it's those things that make the difference in the playoffs. 
Yeah. I look at around around the this NFC is weak. There there I mean the Eagles are good, but they just lost. There's some weaknesses there that I think they may struggle down the stretch a little bit, but I they're definitely making the playoffs. Um and you know the Vikings keep winning, but I don't understand how they keep winning. They just keep getting really lucky over and over again. And I, yeah, they look beatable. Everyone looks beatable, including the Seahawks. But I, including it, it, the Seahawks too. It just but goes I'm to show you though, at any given time. Yeah. Why the not Seahawks, the Seahawks? The Seahawks need to get into the playoffs. They need to win the division so they get a home game. And that helps too. Um, and honestly, any team in the NFC could run and get into the Super Bowl. Like, be not that any of these teams are great. Uh, but the NFC is just very weak. It's very accessible. Even for you know for a team like Seattle, if if Gino plays better, or Gino just plays continues to play as he's doing, and the defense plays better, um, it's not out of the question. I don't. They're not going to be favored to to do so at at any point. But could you see them making a run that far? I don't see any reason why not to. Yeah. I mean, they've beat good teams. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I'm just. And and we're nitpicking, uh, obviously. I said that kind of upfront, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think on the defense, we do have some legitimate uh, opportunities to uh, take an, another little step, um, and then have some players that can really kind of um, perform closer to our expectation level. Now on the offensive side, asking players like Noah Fant to play better, and asking players like Austin Blythe to play better. Austin Austin Blythe is baked. He's the player he is. Um, he's very competent. I like the way that he does his line calls and, and the continuity that he provides, especially to those rookie tackles. Um, so I'm not going to complain too much about the way the offensive line is playing overall, uh, but I would like to have Ken Walker be able to have the best line possible so that he can have the best opportunities um, to be successful and Gino can do what Gino does. Um, Gino occasionally takes some bad uh, sacks. Uh, maybe that's another one I'd like to to improve upon a little bit, but but a couple of those things are offensive uh, line oriented, and mm-hmm. um, because Gino's a, a pocket guy, you know, he likes to stay in there, he likes to step yeah. up, um, unlike another quarterback we used to have, and so you kind of want that little wall to form consistently yeah, he, around. He him. needs. He's a guy. He is more of a pocket. Guy. Now he's you. You've seen the games. He's plenty mobile. Mm-hmm. He's got some speed. But that's not who he is. He isn't a guy that's going to go um, pull the ball down and run over and over again in a game. He wants to be in the pocket, and that's who he is. That's who he naturally is. And for that to continue to happen, he needs the guys in front of him, the three interior guys, to be better. So that way he can continue to stay in the pocket. Um, because the tackles have been good. So the three interior guys just need to get just do a little better at 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 keeping um, guys from coming through right up the middle, and Gino's going to continue to excel and be great. So uh, it just he just needs a little bit more help. So I'm going to preview the December fifteenth game. The Seahawks are going to be nine and four, and the and the. 49ers are going to be nine and four and the 49ers are coming to the Seahawks on December 15th, both at nine and four. That's going to happen. And this game is going to be epic. 
and I want to win that game really bad. I'm just putting it out there right now, giving a little mojo. Um, Seahawks face the Raiders at home. Seahawks are at the Rams, and then the Panthers at Seahawks before that game. I think we're winning all three. I think we're nine and four, and 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 the the season, the 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 division is on the line on December fifteenth. 49ers at Seahawks. That would be fantastic. Um, that <laughs> I would mean, be, I would, that, that would, that, that just makes the entire season. Fun. And it's on Thursday night, Amazon prime. Yeah. Thursday night football. And honestly, so Thursday night games. I hate that. I hate it. I hate the game. I hate the, I hate the Thursday thing, but it's all alone. There's no competition for that game. Every single person in America that loves football is watching that game. Yeah. And the other thing about Thursday games is there's no, there's not a lot of game planning because there isn't time to, uh, you don't practice, you, you, you game plan some, you have a walkthrough, uh, and that's it. And then you go out and play a game and Seahawks win that game. We're 10 and four Keith. Yeah. When it, we travel favors, to the Kansas city chiefs, it favors the team that, um, doesn't have to scheme themselves good. They just Why have not? the talent, have the players do the same thing every week, and it and it matters. And with the 49ers, the 49ers are so dependent on Kyle Shanahan being right. Kyle Shanahan, because he's freaking yeah, amazing as Sam. a coach, right? Um, and but they're so dependent on him. Now, you when you don't give him time to game plan, you don't give him time to implement a specialized game plan for the opponent. Does it work as well? I don't know. I I'm just I'm just saying like I I think on a Thursday game, it benefits Seattle. Yeah, it, it benefits Seattle more than it does than it would San Francisco. Um, that's not true for every team. Seattle might have um on, as a Thursday game, but just because the the way the 49ers play, they are so dependent on Shanahan being awesome and he is awesome that's why the team is so good uh but they're so dependent on his game plans his scheming at week in week out and that is really hard to do for a Thursday night game as crazy as my awful predictions were at the beginning of the season I predicted this as a win believe it or not which is weird because like we knew right? the 49ers were going to be good yeah at least mostly good and we thought at the time that the Seattle was was going to be bad yeah. and yet you still predicted as a win yeah crazy you know this this season is setting up really nice so five of seven are at home the Raiders at the Rams Panthers at home 49ers at home traveled to the Chiefs and the last two games are at home the Jets the improved Jets and then the Rams at Seahawks Mm-hmm. there's the nothing about trouble. that schedule other than that Chiefs game that really frightened me now that 49er game is going to be tough and we played awful that first game but that's the motivation right there yeah that's all the the team needs going you know for our fourth win in a row against the 49ers who had come in with the same record for the division and we got that Chiefs game behind that and so we but we'll have 10 days to get ready for that though the true um the, the Rams, man, they're in trouble. They don't have no, they anybody. Are. They they don't have anything on offense right now. The running nothing game to play for anymore in three wins. Is, yeah, their their running game is terrible. They just lost Cooper Cup for at least four weeks. Uh, they're in trouble and nothing to play for anymore because they're not going anywhere. 
it I could see that whole situation falling apart and mm-hmm. then just tanking down the season, um, whether they are trying to or not. And and they don't, their draft picks are sucky, so they don't really have a great way to improve the team. No, because they, they traded them all to Detroit yeah. um, for Stafford. So yeah. hopefully Detroit can can draft a defense and, you know, look competent ne- more next year. All right, let's get out of here. Fun show. Uh, I think we solved everything, Keith. We fixed yep. all the areas of concern. Every all last the, one all of the them. Seahawks need to do is dial into the show, and they'll have it. They'll have all the answers. So yeah, our answers were mostly certain players just need to be better, <laughs> which is not a very good answer. <laughs> I do have to admit, this show is just as fun as the hardware show that we just did um, because um, it's just it's it's interesting to talk about things that need to improve in the way that you see it and so forth like you know it's interesting after six seven years of us doing this show we see things a lot alike but and there's other ways where we just we don't completely align i love those moments because i i really do value your insight into a lot of those things because sometimes you get myopically focused on a, a way that, that a certain thing is and you don't realize who, that it affects who, me? Every, me? you know things down there. No, I'm talking about myself. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, what I do that? Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> I was talking yeah, about myself. I in oh, that, yeah, I I, I kind of focus <laughs> like you know on one thing or one player without really taking a look at how it affects the entire thing. So yeah, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, um, appreciate you. This is we've been doing this for six years and what is it 300 and some odd shows now and there's a reason why we both keep 300 we're almost to 400 this is 381 today god damn that's crazy yeah we'll be Uh, at 400 before before the yeah yeah i won't take that long not at three shows a week um but yeah we keep coming back for this because it is a lot of fun i really enjoy it and i really enjoy um doing the show with you yeah and we both thought it was going to be sucky this year and we're just going to have to trudge through it and have something to look forward to in April. And um, <laughs> surprise, we're sitting surprise. here rel- relevant mid-November, November 15th. I know. And, in uh, first place. Here in we are. In first place. In first place and talking about a game in four weeks that is going to be uh, unbelievably important, um, which is crazy. <laughs> just didn't even imagine. All right. Let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter. Find me on Twitter. Find the show on Twitter. You can find it on Facebook. We've got an Instagram account as well. YouTube. Uh, check out our YouTube channel and uh, hit that subscribe button. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.